Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you. Mega, mega, mega. 
Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Rory Sodder. This is the Rory Sodder Show. So great to be with you. Happy Monday. I hope you all had a great um, weekend and you had it all went accordingly and everything was a, a fun time. I know I had a great weekend. Definitely had a fun and productive uh, long weekend. I got a lot done, which is always a good feeling. Beautiful weather. Had some eventful uh, sporting events occur over the weekend. We got the big national championship game tonight. God, we got a uh, lot, a lot of, and a lot of stuff went on in the news over the weekend as well. We had the uh, the Hollywood hypocrites at the uh, Golden Globes last night, which is gonna bring me to my opening story, which I am very excited to talk to you guys about. And it relates to Oprah. We all saw last night give her, you know, speech, if you want to call it that, that has been getting nothing but praise and love and worship and bows from the left, from the liberals. Of course. There's no surprise there. Oprah is a Hollywood hypocrite just like the rest of them, just like the rest of the liberals. Goes into her speech yesterday, and I'm really angry about this speech and the fact that people are giving it praise. It is so, it is such an ignorant and one-sided speech uh, on behalf of Oprah last night. Like, it couldn't have been more ignorant and more one-sided. If you recall, in her speech, I mean, there's so many flaws to this speech that I'm I'm gonna name off, but I'm gonna go in order as I as I see as I see and hear as I see and hear it as I watched her speech a bunch of times, and I I I, I view things very well, so. One of the things, she kept mentioning black victims. She kept mentioning, you know, all these, you know, different, different, how black people are, uh, you know, victims of violence on a daily basis. You know, they're, they go through all these terrible hardships. And, and she was only keeping it in that, in that realm. And she was, she was talking about just blacks. What about all the white what about all the white victims that go through go through just total hell on on a on a on a daily basis from you know from the black I mean I here here's the thing. People want to talk about you know, Oprah brought up a story yesterday how, you know, there was this black girl walk you know, out for a walk one day years ago and it was a story she's told she's been telling for a while about six white guys that raped this black girl and you know this was 
you know, in the like the sixties. This was in the in or, or yeah, in the, around that area, you know, when segregation and all that a lot of the, the racial tension was happening in the world. But she you know, she was so stuck, terrible things happen that happens to happens to innocent black people, you know, it happens. It does happen. But you gotta understand and, and Oprah doesn't mention this. She doesn't mention all the white victims that are impacted in this world. She didn't mention Kate Steinle, who got her life taken by an illegal immigrant. Woman, I mean, Oprah tries to be this voice and this figurehead for women empowerment. But she, she totally went around the issue of what she was trying to address yesterday. Like, it was totally hypocritical. It was totally ignorant, her whole speech. And, and going back to the, the, whole, the whole black victim thing, she was so, like, she was so overly racist and biased with her culture, making her culture look like, you know, they're the biggest victims in this world. They're the only ones that struggle. They're the only ones that have problems. You know, they're the only ones that need, you know, our, our assistance. She did not mention all the white all the white folks that are struggling in this world. She didn't mention that her community makes up 16% of the population and commits over half the crimes. She doesn't mention, you know, all these different hate that comes from her, her community. Instead, she presents her speech, Fantasyland Hollywood Crowd. That is so jaded. And Oprah, you know, mentions that this is such a hard time for African-American people right now. Bullshit, Oprah. You, you say, you said in this speech that the media is just the most, you trust the media more than ever before, and they're under siege, and they shouldn't. How do you trust the media more than ever before? The, the media is the most dishonest today it's ever been. of the media is fake. And you're mentioning about how the media is the best it's ever been? They're to be under siege? And we all know who you were directing that towards, Oprah, President Trump. We all know, you know, that you, uh, you know, you're a liberal. You know, you, you you sided with Barack Obama and his evil policies and you're in bed with the whole Hollywood establishment. You have been for years. But, Oprah, you say you're for your community, and you say you're for, you know, know, uh, making a better life for your people. Why did you fail to mention that black unemployment is at an all-time low? Black unemployment is at at an all-time low, Oprah. And you're saying your people, it's the hardest for your people right now? Again, is that an all-time low? That, that, I mean, you didn't even mention that. You didn't even give Trump the credit he deserves for actually coming in to office within one year fixing the black community, something Obama couldn't do in eight years. And, and Hollywood and you, you want to praise Obama and you, you overlook and you ignore 
how much Obama destroyed this country. You play identity politics is what you do. He was black. He was a black president, so we love him. It had nothing to do with him. It had, it, it's, identity politics, you know, is a terrible thing. And it's a lot of what these Hollywood people play. And, and even with not identity politics, they, they, just, they like Obama because he's liberal and because he's evil and because he enables the Hollywood establishment antics and what the dirty secrets are about, pedophilia. Uh, you know, they condone Islam, Islam, you know, Islamic terrorism. I mean, Hollywood, you know, condones illegal immigrants. They want DACA to stay. You know, Hollywood is bad for society. Hollywood is bad for our health. Hollywood is bad for our, for our demeanor. And there's all these people that watch these shows and look at these actresses and stars and Oprah like they're some fucking amazing – it's just, you know, and Oprah has had a great career. You know, she's, she's built, you know, built from the ground up. You got to give credit where it's deserved, you know, respect in that area. She's built an empire out of herself. But at the same time, she, during her speech last night, claims to be for women's empowerment and talking about women's empowerment and, you know, women's issues. And she is, is one of the biggest Harvey Weinstein enablers. She is seen kissing him in photos. She's seen hugging him. She has done fundraisers for him and, and vice versa. And she has all these associations with him and other Hollywood producers and directors that um, are, have been uh, have accused by several, several uh, people of sexual abuse, several victims. Oprah, we all know, has, is, is very close with Bill Cosby, a rapist, a known rapist. So Oprah isn't, you know, the uh, – when, when women and feminists and all these, you know, Hollywood, you know, liberal, liberal uh, phonies look at her as, a, as an icon, as an idol, you know, they worship her, knowing who Oprah is friends with and surrounds herself with and associates with and, and knows the secrets about, you know – uh, some of these things that these higher ups have done, and, and Oprah looks the other way. When you're speaking about a problem, you know you you can't you can't. I mean, you're you're basically what you're saying. You're for Oprah. What you're presenting is contradicting contradicting your actions in so many ways. It's absolutely disgraceful that Oprah gave this sort of speech and isn't getting more backlash from the the parts, the important parts that she was leaving out. She did not condemn Harvey Weinstein while talking about women's empowerment issues. She did not condemn any of the, all of you know, she did not condemn 
certain people that she should have named. But, and, and here's the thing. The whole, you know, the whole Me Too movement, you know, a lot of these people that are, you know, for the Me Too movement knew what was going on with sexual abuse, knew pedophilia was occurring, knew women were getting raped in Hollywood. They knew. An exa- strong example, Meryl Streep. She knew forever Harvey Weinstein was raping these women. And she referred to Harvey Weinstein in 2012 on the stage, Harvey Weinstein as God. These people are not held to the same standard standards as everyday citizens. And it is so fortunate and wrong. And you know you know, Oprah brought up in her speech, you know, with you know, black you know, black you know, black people and, and, and having a heart, you know, not the best upbringing and, you know, they have their, you know, uh, issues and there's not enough equality in the world. Well, here's the thing. Not being treated equal, that doesn't show, like, that doesn't show the truth, the institu- institutional effect of, of you know, being, dis- dis- of, of being dis- of discriminated. It really doesn't. Not being treated equal doesn't show the truth or institutional effect of, you know, it doesn't mean uh, any sort of um, anything disparaging. Because almost nowhere in human affairs do you find people even evenly represented. If you compare accountable people, with respect to age, with respect to education, you get a totally different picture. So when all these stars and Oprah talks about equality, comparing apples and oranges. Because in a lot of categories, you'll have single mothers that are making more more money than single men. You'll have you'll have men making more money than women. In today's society, Hollywood and Oprah and all these higher up people, they're, they're, they're a part of the New World Order. It, 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 well, here's the thing. The liberal left, especially, like the liberal left in Hollywood, Oprah, you know, these sorts of people, they want to create a problem so every, their audience will react to it. They know you all will. And they're, well, they're sheep. Their sheep will react. Absolutely will. Equality is not an issue in today's society. And especially when she tries to talk about women, uh, women and African Americans. And in many stats, and in, in most situations, women are more employed than men are. And when Oprah tries to talk about you know, blacks don't, don't have great op- employee employment opportunities, like I said again, unemployment's now at an all-time low for the black community. And you didn't even mention that yesterday, Oprah. If you want to talk about a problem, you better talk about it in, in entirety. 
in full fraction, you better address it head on. So there should be no, I get it. Oprah's a billionaire. She's got credibility. People listen to her. People, you know, whatever. They do. People just, people listen, people listen to the woman no matter how stupid she sounds. And I'm not, you know what? Maybe, yes, the speech was uplifting. It was uh, to, to certain people if they were watching a movie. But it's not reality. Anything, everything she said, nothing she said in her speech was reality. It was not at all. It was just another poor me, a poor me uh, stance, uh, victim um, stance with, with the female community and black community when there doesn't need to be. Blacks and females aren't victims on an everyday basis like Oprah and like these Hollywood people are, are trying to say they are. Yes, there's events that happen in our everyday life where, you know, hateful stuff happens. But that, does, but that doesn't give these people in Hollywood and Oprah a right to generalize, to generalize this sort of scenario. And in today's society, like I said, Blacks are more employed than ever before, and so are women. And it's a, it's a, feminism is a big form of entitlement. And I want to go into feminism real quick. Fem, and I've talked about fe, feminism so many times on my show, and it's disgusting. It's, it makes, it's just the most sickening, absolutely nasty, smelly, like the grossest, Females are feminists. Like it makes me want to vomit every time I look at one, every time I talk to one, every time I even I even hear this, every time I even get near one, I'm disgusted. They are absolutely the most repulsive a creature can get in this life. And any man that has a feminist girlfriend isn't a real man. He's a pussy. He gets walked on. She is telling him every fucking thing to do. That's for damn sure. I'm going to, I mean, I have seen many examples. I saw out in public this, this, the other day, a feminist bossing around her boyfriend and this boyfriend was an absolute wimp. I was just shopping, and I came across it, and it makes me sick when men are with women that boss them around. They're not real men. The decisions. A man makes the rules. A man says how it's going to be. Men dominate. Men are the head of the relationship. Don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. And then you have these weak, wimpy boyfriends who will do whatever their girlfriends tell them to do. And I just laugh. I laugh because it's one of the, it's some of the funniest shit to witness in public. Feminists 
absolutely have no um, rationale or logical uh, stances on their arguments. You know, and it's their, you know, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's one of those things where I've said it many times that feminism is terrorism. It's very anti-men. It's very one-dimensional. It's very jaded. Women want to overtake men. They want to, they want to be the, the superior uh, figure. They want to be the authority. Um, they want to be better than men. They want, they want to treat, they think they can treat men like shit and men should always respect them, no matter what. They think they should be able to tell men how to live their lives. They think a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff on the news of them blaming white men lately. White men are the enemy. White men. Yeah, white men. White men are the enemy. That's what I'm hearing in, that's what I'm hearing in the streets. With these protests, it's absolutely terrorism. And the reason I bring up feminism is because Hollywood and last night and and, and Hollywood in general, they're very pro-feminist. Oprah's a feminist, and it's it's a, such a strong for, form of condescending, uh, worthless entitlement. Because I, uh, first of all, a feminist can't even debate. Somebody like me could destroy a feminist within five seconds with facts. But you have those men that are weak that let the feminists walk all over them, which is sad. You, that you that those kind of men that ex, that exist that let feminists walk on them, and that's exactly what. Feminism wants. They want to overpower, like I said. So when I see all of these Hollywood hypocrites and I see Oprah saying, talking about women's rights and talking about how, you know, they're all for, you know, the, the feminism and all these movements, they didn't even condemn Harvey Weinstein. Barely. There was a, a joke from the little the little short guy, uh, the, uh, the guy's not even funny. Uh, what's his name? Um, big nose. Oh, Seth Myers. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole, the whole way, you know, if you want to talk about women's rights and you want to talk about, you know, things that matter and things you want to stand up for, you better do it right, and you better talk about it it's in entirety. You better talk about it in full. Otherwise, you have no right to talk. And these Hollywood hypocrites are Harvey Weinstein enablers. They know about the rape secrets and pedophilia that goes on in Hollywood. They know about all the dirty shadiness. And all of these reports and all of this, and they know about it, these actresses, these actors, these higher ups, Oprah, and they still, they still talk about women's women's rights. How dare them? And in Oprah's speech last night, that she failed to even, she failed to mention that 
the reason all these stories have came out about women and and and, and Hollywood, and you know she at least could have been a little more script, a better better at at you know her script. Trump's the reason the, the, all these stories have came out about women in Hollywood, and it's a it's a version of draining the swamp. Like I said on my show before, it's not just draining the swamp in D.C., it's draining the swamp in Hollywood, all the dirty rape stories, all the dirty cover-ups. And Oprah doesn't even mention, it doesn't even give Trump credit for, for you know, certain things that he deserves credit for. And Hollywood doesn't give Trump credit for, Trump's the reason all these stories for the meat, Trump's the reason Me Too even ever started and ever even had legs. Me Too is all because of Trump. They would have never been able to start Me Too if it wasn't for Trump. And I, there's, you know, um, an interview from the 80s that resurfaced today, and and I've seen it before, when Oprah and Trump, Oprah was encouraging Trump to run for president. Oprah wanted Trump to run for president. And now Oprah not only discredits him, but bashes bashes him as well. And they, and Trump has always said good things about Oprah, and they were longtime friends. And where's the loyalty? I mean, this isn't the first, this isn't the first time we've seen uh, people that were longtime friends of Trump uh, turn on him. This isn't the first, especially through this election cycle. So when you – and when you try to, you know, there's just so much more to the picture and that Oprah left out, like I said. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, the, the, the fantasy island, fantasy land, and uh, the, the total uh, delusion in Hollywood will never stop. They'll live on for a long time. It'll be the way it's always been. You know, it's uh, it's disgraceful. Anyways, I want to um, I want to move on. We're uh, on a time frame, guys. But uh, actually. Actually, hold on one second. Ah, yes. Okay. I want to get into a big topic that's been going, been talked about. You know, equality, 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 equality. And I talked about this for a brief second uh, during my opening, for, for the, during my Oprah, the Oprah segment during the opening of the show. But, Equality, when people bring that up, you know, like I said earlier, it's like comparing apple oranges. So many things factor in. So many things can can be different. So many things can, you know, play into this. It depends on so many different aspects and you know, what your, 
I mean, it could be what your work background entails, what your education background entails, what your skill set background entails. People and, you know, for instance, like I said, there is in a lot of categories on this stats that I'm looking at of single, single mothers making more money than single men in, in, a, in a lot of ways. And there's also married white couples that are making less than married black couples. So when people say equality, especially in the economic department, today it's more equal than ever before. It's more equal today than ever before. How do... It's it's proven. It's visible. Women and men, you know, can have the same skill sets, background, your resume, what you're capable of. Those sort of things factor into economic equality. And when you hear Democrats say economic equality, that that so much isn't they're not meaning economic equality Democrats they're meaning socialism they think economic equality should be give everybody else what you have make it even for everybody even if those other suckers don't work as hard and sit on their ass all day and have 10 kids and go get welfare and food stamps that's Democrats call economic equality. It's not, oh, this, you know, this woman or this man or this black guy is being discriminated because of the skin of his color or because she's a woman. She's a woman. No, that has nothing to do with it in today's society. As everybody should know that. And when anybody blames their ethnic background or their sexual orientation and all that different stuff and their gender, it's just playing the victim stance. It's a total scapegoat. It's a crutch. It's a total, I don't want to take accountability for my own life. So I might as well, I didn't get, you know, like if some, if, if that's exactly what those, these people's mindsets are. Like if they get denied a job or if they get uh, denied something, uh, especially like, I'll give you an example. Like a, like, let's say a woman gets denied to another man uh, for a job. That woman, if she's a feminist, thinks it's sexist. No, the guy was more qualified than you. Because he had more experience. Should I, okay, so what about if a woman gets a, a job over a guy? Should the guy start start screaming the sexist card and playing all these gender bullshit as a crutch? No. So should a, I mean, seriously, should a white guy blame a black guy if the black guy takes his job? No. I mean, so they're, they're really 
because the black guy was obviously more qualified. If you are, who's ever more qualified in today's economy, this is just the way it works. This is to, and the way it looks as of now, the way the picture looks, and what's just totally the right thing for businesses is what they do is the candidate that is the most qualified, the candidate that can do the job the, the best. It's not about, you know, uh, like I said, being, being uh, you know, discriminating or anything like that. It has nothing to do with that. And going back to this equality, this economic equality, it's socialism, what these Democrats want. They want everybody to share their wealth with – they want everybody to share the wealth, regardless of whether they earn it. Regardless of whether they earn it. That's not the American dream. That's not the way we were raised to be. Really isn't. And, you know, it's one of those things where The the entire the entitlement and you know the, the the Democrats talk about these they have been talking about these economic equality for a long time because they know it plays right into their narrative of communism and and socialism socialism communism same thing there was a great quote saying socialism is co- is communism it just takes longer <laughs> um. But anyways, with, with, with what these Democrats, the socialism mindset and curriculum they put on the table gets their supporters all riled up and gets them to feel – and the Democrats are perfect at doing this to their supporters. They totally – get their um their vote their their voters to believe you know well actually they they want to give them all this free stuff welfare food stamps we're going to make you just as wealthy wealthy as your neighbor we're going to make you just as happy we're going to make you just as happy just as satisfied you're going to get just as much as he's getting that kind of stuff that's the kind of crap that's being brainwashed and it's Democratic voters' heads. It's one thing to, you know, to have a fair and balanced economy. It's another to give away money to people that don't earn it and deserve it. True. All right, people. I want to move uh, topics. Thing I want to get into today: how liberal Democrats use lies to get what they want. Great article on our media page today, Pal Media, and um, it was basically explaining perfectly how 
the Democratic Party operates, how they, they regulate things, how they uh, – their demeanor, how, how they put their how, – how they, how they play dirty. Playing dirty is an understatement. But I want to read a list of things to you that um, – about, about the Democrats. And it's, it's – yeah. It's, it's atrocious. Every major leftist movement the world has seen has been by nature. Occasionally, this brand of extremism arises elsewhere along the ideological spectrum, such as Islamo-fascism. But Soviet Russia and Nazi Germany remain the archetypes of the socialist genre dictatorship, among many incarcerated incarnations, which clearly include today's liberal Democrats in the United States. Contemporary liberal Democrats reveal their total totalitarian proclivities in many subtle ways, such as support for single-payer health care and all other form of big government. Many big government and some that are not so subtle. Recent years have seen a surge in the, in the latter variety, shouting down conservative speakers on college campuses to silence their views has been ongoing. But now the practice has graduated to violent attacks on speakers and audiences. There is no record of comparable suppression of speech by conservatives. And why is it only the left that abides no dissent from its preferred orth- orthodoxy or from its preferred orthodoxy. The, the adherents expose through their own behavior that they fear a fair debate of ideas. So they attempt to quail intellectual challenge from brute force, just as all autocrats do. America's so-called liberal Democrats resort, resort to the most aggressive tactics out of the Sowell Alinsky Manual, i.e., Example, destroy any threat to the radical agenda. Truth is beside the point to them. Blah, blah, blah. Here are a few. I want to I I mention all of this to you guys. So in 2012, Mitt Romney was Mr. Nice Guy until Democrats got a hold of him. Then the public found out he had abused his dog, caused an em- employee to die of cancer, and sadistically sadistically imprisoned women in a torture device known as a binder. All this derived from the Obama's campaign suitably named Kill Romney strategy. Strategy. Of course, candidate Obama's own personal history was deemed off limits. Hypocrisy is a familiar trait tolerance. Jesus. Number two. Another big one. Poor George W. Bush. Investigations by three different governmental commissions concluded that he did not lie about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. If anything, he received the same information worldwide intelligence agencies did about Saddam's WMD arsenal. Yet Bush lied, was burned into the national consciousness, consciousness, through liberal Democrat propaganda paving the way for election of a true leftist president. Sorry, I have a dry mouth. 
Barack Obama advanced the practice of repression by weaponizing every office of his government for domestic political use. The IRS campaign of terror against conservative groups was only one of the most obnoxious. Richard Nixon received an article of impeachment for much less. He sure did. Number four, the grandmaster of personal destruction politics was Bill Clinton, who slimed anyone seen as a threat, whether James McDowell, Ken Starr, or Juanita Broderick. This MO was the whole point of the war room of Clinton's permanent campaign, not to mention Hillary's bimbo eruption squad. A colorful couple, those Clintons, <laughs> Hillary in particular was a, a disciple of left <coughs> was a disciple of leftist Saul Alinsky. Number five. Currently we have liberal Democrat rioters following the Occupy Wall Street slow motion riot. Black Lives Matter extremists demand the murder of police and the misnamed Antifa ironically lives the fascist ideal of causing mayhem whenever someone utters a thought contrary to liberal Democrat political correctness. After the first violent act by a right-wing fanatic in many years in Charlottesville, the fake news narrative is that conservatives are the violent ones. In reality, almost all political violence in this country is committed by the far left. For example, a Bernie Sanders-supporting maniac actually attempting to assassinate a Republican member of Congress. Yes, we remember when they went after um, one of yet yeah, in the field. Yeah, that was a few months ago. Um, Scalise. Number six, a telling symptoms of the left is the pu- is the public a telling symptoms of the left nascent despotism is the public shaming of any entity that disagrees with them, etc. Organizing against businesses that violate leftist dogma by supporting a traditional position. For instance, dare to agree with the view on homosexual marriage held until a few years ago by Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, you become a target. So true. Yeah. Yeah. If you did not agree on homosexual, oh, my God, so many people uh, can relate to this. If you don't agree with a leftist immediately about homosexual marriage or if you don't agree with homosexual beliefs, they immediately call you hateful, a bigot, you know, you're this horrible person. No, shut the fuck up. I am not, or neither is anybody else, a hateful person because of their beliefs. You're hateful because you're trying to put your beliefs on somebody else and Christian. I don't have a problem with gay people, like I've said before, but that does not give them a right to, or, you know, just because there's Christians that, you know, don't have issues with them, that does not give them a right to go up to people, especially if faith is where gays point their targets the most, most, and try to say, you know, any sort of hate is being shown just because of what somebody believes. Gay people hate Christians. Gay people, that's hate. So that the hypocrisy and the double standard and that sort of crap needs to stop. It really does. <sighs> Thank you.
For instance, I'm going back to reading this. For instance, dare to agree with the view on homosexual marriage held until a few years ago by Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, and you become a target. Yes. Likewise, the revelations about leftist groups such as the Southern Poverty Law Center, Southern Poverty Law Center, demonizing those they disagree with. The left decided long ago to downplay debate over ideas. Their ideology, having failed. Uh, astronomically all over the world and to simply use neo-Nazism uh, tactics instead. In animal farms, some pigs really are more equal than others. Hillary Clinton was found to have committed numerous email felonies and then the gutless James Comey said, never mind, Clinton's Benghazi uh, episode with Barack Obama also has gone unpunished. The political elite elevating itself above the law is a hallmark of leftist dictatorship. It truly is. One of the liberal Democrats' favorite slander devices is the acquisition of racism, which has become the supreme insult in our society. This is number eight. White-on-black racism, in particular, has become socially unacceptable, which annually actually is a measure of how anti-racist America has become in overcoming vestiges of its more primitive state. Recognize, however, that for the past 45 years, the only legal, permissible, sometimes legally mandated racial discrimination in the U.S. is that which is committed in favor of minorities against Caucasians. This is the extreme state of our social law, for better or worse, yet many on the left trout out white supremacist allegations more often than we count. Yep, it's unfortunate how often the race card. And I was ta- I talked about this so many times on my show, the race card and the issue with that, and it's a lot of the boy cried wolf. It truly is. Uh, there is more substantive reasons for the liberal Democrat amalgams to resort to this odious tactic beyond findings of its marketing effectiveness. Liberal Democrats can't permit the mass healing of race relations in our country. They need to aggravate those relations so their side is better able to exploit the issue. Exactly what I said earlier is is there no limit to their neo McCarthyist cynicism? Politics is everything to liberal Democrats because government power is everything to them. And I've talked about Democrats wanting their government power so many times on my past show. Number nine, here's another one. Perhaps the worst of the big lies was if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Designated to give liberal Democrat government absolute life and death power over all citizens through the enactment of Obamacare. So listen to that, people. We all remember that scandal. Obama came out. And you can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan, and it was a total lie. People have died. Thousands and thousands of people, if not a few million people, have died on, from Obamacare. Premiums have skyrocketed as high as 200% in certain states. And... You didn't get to keep your doctor. You didn't get to keep your plan. You were very limited to what you could actually have for health insurance. It, it's such – this is a perfect form of communism, the government having control, telling you what health insurance you can and can't have, how you can go to your doctor, how you can live your health life, 
absolutely disgraceful. And Democrats have the nerve to say, now that Trump uh, repealed the individual mandate, people are going to die, everything, all this bad stuff's going to happen. No, it's not. Everything's going to, everything is turning out great and stuff is going to be more affordable and people are going to have a more wide variety to choose from, from what Trump's doing with the insurance. And that's the truth. Number nine, perhaps the worst of the big lot. Oh, yeah, we, we just went over this. A broader explanation. A broader explanation for the liberal Democrats' current hysteria. Their camp had some very sinister plans for the country and was oh so close to ultimate success. With the election of President Hillary Clinton, a prospective second straight subversive in the office, Democrats could have finally amnesty 11 million illegal aliens, new Democrat voters. Yep, 11 million illegal aliens could have became new, could have. If Hillary Clinton was elected, they would have became voters because she would gave them amnesty, all of them, thereby ensuring that no Republican could ever again be elected president. Yep, Hillary Clinton was going to get in there and it was going to be over. This outcome would establish their goal of a one-party dictatorship. In effect, if only it had happened. <laughs> the dream scenario having been snatched away is what has driven the liberal Democrats over the edge. The Democratic Party is more tarnished now than ever before, and there's no doubt about it. So in their delirium, they lash out. It is all understandable for a group of closet closet uh, schizophrenics in the throes of catastrophic disappointment. And if they tear the nation apart as they act out, so much the better in the warped view. They always despised the country anyway. They really did. Now the plan is for the arch-socialist Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren, who misrepresented her own race for financial gain. Yeah, we remember Indian lied about being Indian to get into Harvard. Pathetic. Um, Will be uh, most likely their choice for 2020. Jesus. But God, you know what? I hope Pocahontas and Bernie, I hope that they're both a ticket and they run against Trump. Trump will destroy them. Trump will destroy them. He really will. There is no doubt about it. Trump will eat their lunch. All righty. I want to get to a few more things. We are almost out of time. Actually, not almost. We still got a little bit. Okay. And this this is very important. And this I need to get to. Um. So I observe, and I and I I look around quite a bit. What's going on with? with voters and I, I ask and I, I do research, I do polls um, with voters and what people are thinking and the American, uh, how they're reacting to, you know, everything that's going on in politics right now, all the Demo- the Democrats lashing out and all the success of Trump and um, voters are 
running away from the Democratic Party more and more every day. Every day, more and more Democrats, voters, are leaning towards Trump. They're going, they're seeing Trump and the honest and trustworthy and amazing, unbelievable job he's doing. And people are seeing that the Democrats are out for their own game. They're out for their own, their own self, these politician Democrats. They don't care about the American people. Like I said, they care about communism. They care about being in control. They care about telling you how to, have, how to buy your health insurance, how to, how to pay your taxes, they want to tell you how to, how to feed your family. They want to tell you how to share your wealth. They want to make all your own decisions for you. They want to tell you, they want to tell you how to use your guns. When does it end? Well, I'll tell you, it is ending because Trump is in there, and Trump is draining the swamp, like I've said so many times. And going back to um, Oprah, uh, there's a um, a new article out today um, from Infowars, and it's a flashback. And Oprah, an Australian actress, came out and said Harvey Weinstein used Oprah as bait for sex for sex with this Australian actress this this is she hold on I'm pulling up the report right now okay it's British actress Kadian Kadian Noble Kadian Noble British actress she said at a press conference in Manhattan that she had met her abuser Weinstein in 2014 Harvey Weinstein at an event in London through Oprah who was swinging quote unquote off Harvey Weinstein's arms evidence mounts that Oprah is an operative of Weinstein and this is breaking news from InfoWars today British actress Kadeen Noble said at a press conference in Manhattan that she had met her abuser Weinstein in 2014 at an event in London through Oprah, who was swinging, uh, Oprah was swinging off his arms. Oprah is seen at the same photo. Oh, no, that's a different photo. There's another photo of Oprah kissing Harvey Weinstein at a separate event. And this is just new. This is wow. Wow. What a revelation. This is absolutely insane. And like I said earlier, Oprah knew, knows about the sex abuse in Hollywood. She knows all about it. It's all part of the industry. She knows. And all these bigwigs know that say they're for women's rights. It bothers me so much when you have these hypocrites and these Slime. They're slime balls. They really are. I'm so glad this came out today showing the true character of Oprah. Because I'll be honest, 
there's a lot of people for many years look up to Oprah, respect her. She started with nothing, built an empire. She deserves credit, like I said earlier on the show. But so many people are going to look down upon her for this. So many people despise Harvey Weinstein. You know, the Hollywood crowd will stick around with Oprah. But the Oprah's, people that respect Oprah in an everyday life are going to see this Harvey Weinstein story and see this, that Oprah was, a, you know, affiliated with him, and they're not going to like it. And Oprah is going to lose following. She's going to lose fans. She really is. This is such a bombshell revelation. Wow. Used oh, Harvey Weinstein used Oprah as bait for sex with this British actress. Unbelievable. Oh, wow. So I will bring you more details and updates as this story and report grows. Um, but wow, there's so much that's going to be coming out, I can imagine, about this story in detail. A few more topics I want to get to before uh, we wrap it up. Let's talk about DACA. Very interesting. Very interesting topic. Very important situation that's um, going on right now in our country. Entitlement. A lot of um, people that, like a lot, a lot of these DACA individuals, I, I'm seeing interviewed. You know, just all the entitlement, and you know how how Americans should give them everything, and how they should, you know, be able to stay here no matter what. You know, because it's their, this is their country. No, it's not. You're here illegally. This is not your country. We are not, as a nation, as the American dream, as the right thing, as the way we're taught, as morals and principles go. Taxpayers are not responsible from people that are illegal and are from other countries. And this illegal entitlement with, you know, they them thinking they belong here and, you know, demanding they stay, absolutely not. Like, who are you? There's Americans that work hard every day to pay. Their taxpayers are going to you. Billions of dollars are going to illegals and DACA members. Twenty. Over 30% of DACA recipients can't speak fluent English. And that's an honest stat that came out today. Nearly half of illegal immigrants in this country are convicted felons. Nearly half. And we, I respect, don't get me wrong, Everybody that has came to this country and done it the right way, that with their blood, sweat, and tears came legal and, and became a citizen and, and, you know, 
I mean, that's, that's inspiration. That's love. That's, that's uh, having so much admiration. And when you're an illegal and, and, and all these other people have to work hard to become citizens, but you're illegal and you get to stay and you feel like this country owes you something, absolutely not. The way that under Obama, DACA was not even constitutional, if you recall, when he signed it a few years ago. He put this together. He over overrid Congress, the House. This was unconstitutional. He was warned. He made a decision. He's corrupt. He's Obama. We, we I don't. I can't stand even talking about mentioning the guy's name. He's such a piece of human trash. But it's not even constitutional. There's another thing, and morals, and like morals and breaking the law, they don't go together. You can't feel bad for somebody for breaking the law. They made their choice. And if they didn't, their parents knew better than to put them in this situation. And they should absolutely and deal with the consequences for the stupidity and laziness of their parents and not for them not becoming legal citizens. Their parents could have easily done it the right way, just like every other hardworking immigrant that has came here and became legal citizens. There is no victim card for not putting in the effort and not putting in the willingness to prove to, to this country that you belong here and you love and you love this country. Because if you love this country, you would do what all these hardworking immigrants do and become legal and do it the way everybody else is expected to do it and obey the law. And this is no different than if somebody gets a DUI or, 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 get, or gets in trouble in any other sort of circumstance. They don't, you know, they don't get to walk free. They got to suffer the consequences. They can head on. This is the same sort of circumstance. So when I hear, you know, dreamers uh, belong here, you know, this is their country, no, it's not. Get your get your shit straight. I mean, I have a big heart. I, I I have compassion. I care about people. But I'm also for legal immigration. I'm all for people obeying the law. And I don't think Trump should budge on DACA. I believe Trump should gonna build the wall. And he needs to send these people back, but like he said before, he can give them an, an easy pathway to citizenship once they go back. Like he said originally, early on, he said that. We could send them back, get them pathway to citizenship, the good ones that aren't criminals, that want to stay here and be productive members to society. But for us as a nation to give, 11 million or all, all these different people, DACA recipients, it's a couple million. I, I don't know if DACA is 11 million or the total illegal it's, – it's, it's, it's around there. But you can't give amnesty 
and a pathway to citizenship for somebody breaking the law. Like I said, I mean, there's no special treatment. No matter how much it may be morally wrong, I get it. There's feelings. Everybody's human. But we have to have a, a system in our government, in our country, keeps us all safe and keeps us all, everybody's illegal. Everybody can, can do it the right way. And um, there's a new report out today. I want to move topics. Um, regarding the border wall, border wall construction company says it can build 700 miles of Trump's border wall for $12 billion. And that is $6 billion less than what Trump's asking for. Trump's asking for 18. They can build it for 12. So there you go right there. Trump's saving costs like he's been doing his whole business career in real estate and getting uh, – he can get this job done half of the time that he expected, just like he did with his real estate deals. Quick he, – he beats the time frame, and he saves a bunch on costs for the wall. Saves taxpayers money. That's exactly the mindset our country needs, the strategic brilliance. And Trump is making it happen. So a construction company that built one of the eight border wall prototypes for the Trump administration said it's ready and able to build a 700-mile continuous wall from the Pacific Ocean in California through western Texas in a six-year period. Six years, get it done. It's going to be done in five, but. And it's the Fisher Sand and Gravel Company. And they met with the Department of Homeland Security. Um, they met with them. And they wanted to mention that we are not advocating for a hodgepodge type of border system. Fisher said, referring to comments from DHS about using technology and sensors at, at select parts of the border instead of a wall. President Trump requested $18 billion from Congress on Friday to build six, 654 miles of border wall. Fisher's plans would not only do it for two-thirds of that price, but free the government from having to oversee all logistical and financing aspects of the project, as well as ensure all materials are made in the U.S., he said. Made in the USA. That was another huge uh, promise on Trump's campaign. We are going to make our products in the USA. So important. Fisher Sand and Gravel is one of the six companies that was awarded a contract last year to build prototypes near the San Diego-California border. Fisher said his company is the only one that offered the administration a comprehensive plan, comprehensive plan to build the wall rather than just a 30-foot physical example of what the barrier should look like. The company has secured construction partners with Caterpillar, CMC, Rebar, and Arizona Portland Cement Company. Liberty Mutual Insurance has offered two bonds, $10.8 billion and $1.3 billion, to fund the project. 70% 70, 70 of the funding would go toward the wall, and 30% would be directed toward infrastructure surrounding the wall. 
Fisher-insisted roads should be constructed on both sides of the wall, including an elevated roadway that would give Border Patrol agents a better vantage point and the ability to respond to illegal immigrant sightings at a faster rate. He said that would also allow agents to be discreet by not spinning dust while speeding to a scene that giving their location away to illegal border crossers. Fisher said his company's new patent-pending cast-informed process will not only meet DHS expectations, expectations but last for 150 years. Once the materials preparation process is finished, builders would be able to construct one mile of wall per day. Boom. How's that? I'll take it. You've got to love that, people. You've got to love that. Wow. Build that wall. Build that wall. That wall. And, yes, Mexico will pay for it. If you look at the trade deals, we're going to negotiate with them and the, and how we're going to get, we'll get that money back in a second. Trump can make that deal in a heartbeat, and we get back the money uh, that it costs to build the wall for Mexico. Mexico's budging with us on many things economically because they need us way more than we need them. It's happening. It's visible. It's real, people. America is back, and it's stronger than ever before. But anyways, we are out of time for today. I still got a whole agenda like I do every show that I need to go over with you, but unfortunately uh, I can't because that's all the time we have. But I want to thank all of my listeners for tuning in to the Rory Sauter Show. It's been a real pleasure having you. Um, I will see you all uh, tomorrow. I will be back on air. Uh, it's been a great day. It's been, it's been a fantastic time uh, shining this light and sharing this news with you. I um, will have a big show tomorrow. already have it planned. already have it uh, put together. So I can't wait for that. Uh, God bless you all. Much love. I'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Cheers. Hey guys, thank you for watching the Rory Sauter Show, home of America's man of the hour and home of America's biggest Trump supporter. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Cheers.